Welcome to Men's Health Week 2023. This year's theme focuses on what's your picture of health. This is the BodyWise podcast. Welcome, Kai. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, well, thank you for having me first. I studied psychology and neuroscience here in Innsbruck. This is a small university city in Western Austria. And here I started to work first on preclinical addiction research. And then for my postdoctoral research, I switched to investigating the molecular mechanisms of pain chronification in the brain. And after a while, I somehow missed the psychology angle because this was like quite molecularly unfocused. And I decided to return a little bit towards the psychology. And this is um, where I got in contact with a professor at our university hospital who was working on eating disorders. Her name is uh, Barbara Margaret Matzek. And she and her team were the first to find an association between menopause and eating disorders in older women. So showing that the hormonal changes that occur during menopause constitutes um, an additional window of vulnerability for eating disorders, so heightened prevalence of eating disorders, um, which is somehow similar to puberty. And she was looking for someone to help her perform a similar study in aging men. And this is how I got into the field of eating disorder research and why I'm here today. We're talking about your article then, male eating disorders in midlife, possible links between excessive sport and hormones. What led you to working on this? Well, I mean, in the public perception, eating disorders still have this classical image of being a female-centered disorder that mainly affects young girls and young women. And although it is known and it's becoming more and more clear that also males are affected, um, this image still persists. And as I already mentioned, in recent years, it has become quite clear that also older individuals, especially older women, are affected by eating disorders. And the prevalence rates here lie for full diagnosis eating disorders around 2 to 9%, which is quite high. And the risk for, in general, developing disordered eating behaviors um, even goes up beyond 15%. So the problem for males is that there's barely any studies um, fo focusing on this aged group. And um, when we started our um, study, this was back in 2015, we performed a classical questionnaire survey that we sent to randomly selected men above 40 years in and around Innsbruck um, to assess, besides the classical demographics like age and other demographic variables, eating disorder symptoms, so eating behaviors, body image, lifestyle, but in addition, also other variables like, uh, for example, the amount of sports that individuals perform, as well as classical age-related symptoms, so aging male symptoms, more or less. And there were a number of interesting findings that we uh, found in the study. So first, we found that around 7% of our participants showed disordered eating behavior. And this included combinations of like binging, perching, in addition with increased or decreased body weight. And these numbers are quite high, especially if you compare this to previous estimations for disordered eating in this age group. Second, we found that the subgroup of men that showed this disordered eating behavior also scored high on the exercise addiction inventory. And this inventory more or less determines if the, how the people perform sports goes in direction of an addiction, which means like it asks some variables like 
How do you feel if you can't do sports? How much do you, sports do you do? How many hours do you like think about sports? So the classical um, addiction variables that are more or less then um, put on um, exercise and sports. And what we therefore found is more or less that this uh, purging behavior of choice for this age group, so this uh, weight um, control measures, are indeed um, excessive sports in this age group. Lastly, we also found that uh, the men that scored high on the aging male symptom scale uh, showed higher prevalence rates for eating disturbances. And this aging male symptom scale assesses symptoms that are associated with male aging. So you have like classical variables like muscle ache that is associated with age, reduced beard growth, like all uh, variables that are somehow associated with aging. And this aging male's uh, symptom scale has been associated with a decrease in testosterone levels, which means there's like links that, uh, or there's there's uh, findings that show that like decreased or values on the higher values on the AMS scale are associated with a decreased testosterone level in males. And there is a age-related decline of testosterone happening in men. This is also called late-onset hypogonadism, testosterone deficiency. Some even call it like andropause to have this parallel directly to the menopause. And this decrease in the hormone levels is not as sharp as it is in uh, females, these hormonal changes, but it's a gradual decline over years. And the prevalence of this uh, late onset hypogonadism lies around 20 to 30% at the age 60 to 70. And there is like a number of associations of different psychiatric disorders with this decreased and testosterone levels like depression, anxiety, and so on. And our findings more or less point in the direction that these hormonal changes um, that happen during aging also constitute a new window of vulnerability for eating disorders, as we more or less um, also found in females. So the article that you mentioned is a focused review that more or less puts um, exactly these topics into context of recent literature and summarizes and points towards those two measures, excessive sports and hormonal changes in this population. To quote from the article then, taken together, the prevalence rates for eating disorders in middle-aged men are not too far from those of women. The actual extent will become more apparent. More research is performed in this direction. Well, I mean, there is evidence from community settings that the rates of eating disorders in males are increasing at a faster rate than in females. Also, it has been shown that there is no difference in the clinical severity of symptoms across sexes and that the onset of some eating disorders might be delayed in males. An example here is, for example, anorexia that is more or less starting later in boys than in girls. And an additional factor is that the symptom measures that are currently used in, in eating disorder research are known to lack sensitivity in detecting eating disorder symptoms in males. And this spans from the extreme of having a diagnostic criterion like amenorrhea, which is the absence of menstrual periods, as a hallmark criterion for anorexia, which was still in place um, up until the uh, DSM-4, this Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders. This has been now removed finally for the updated version of DSM-5, but still this was one of the hallmark criteria. And this continues to the questionnaires and scales being 
mainly tested in female populations and therefore not representing standard or cutoff values for males. And this continues further to the assumption that the ideal body type in males is similar of that in females, which is more or less a thin body ideal, which we know in fact is not the case. So this is this in affected individuals, this overvaluation of the body image that in males more or less represents this muscular Adonis-like um, stature and not like a classical um, thin um, body image. On top of that, it is estimated that around or less than 1% of eating disorder research is focused specifically on males. So the more research is actually performed in this direction, the smaller do the differences between males and females get. And I think one quite good example is a recently published uh, longitudinal study over 30 years um, where um, participants between 20 and 50 years were um, surveyed like over multiple time points. And that study showed that the prevalence of eating disorder diagnosis remained stable for men over those 30 years, although it decreased for women. And the interesting thing here is the point prevalence at age 50 did not differ between men and women, which means women started a little bit higher than they decreased to a certain point, but the point prevalence at age 50 was the same for men and women. So what this shows is that the more research is performed, the better is the picture that we get of like the overall like prevalences of eating disorders at different age ranges. And therefore, what we need is like to increase the amount of research that is performed here to get a better picture and more or less get rid of those outdated views of like a female-specific disorder that does not affect males. And if it affects males, then only atypical males, as it was like more or less stated for a long time. You've mentioned body image pressures that men experience. Uh, why are excessive sports a factor in their experience of eating disorders? I mean... I would say in general, the body image pressures that men experience are quite similar to those that women experience, but maybe with a little bit less pressure behind it. We have like media and especially social media that convey this image of like trained muscular models. We have healthy lifestyles, work-life balance where life in a way means to go to the gym or go for a run, whereas like not doing sports equals to being lazy. And I think that this more or less drives men into like shaping their bodies to fit this ideal image of this muscular, active, not lazy man. And for some, this turns into an obsession and into uh, forming eating disorders. One thing that I have to state for um, regarding the study that we've performed is that it might be that we are a little bit biased here because Innsbruck is some kind of a sports city. So we're in the middle of the Alps. We have the mountains for skiing and snowboarding in winter, going on like uh, hikes, running, mountain biking in summer. And last week we had this uh, Alpine trail run festival uh, here in Innsbruck where participants ran up to 110 kilometers with more than 5,000 meters in altitude. So um, it might be that our population that we uh, investigated might be a little bit biased. But I mean, even if you compare this to larger cities where it feels like everyone at least runs a half marathon, everyone is more or less preparing to have their sports activity in their free time optimized as much as possible. I think that this, uh, this is a societal pressure that is built up that we have to more or less stay active. We have to stay in shape. 
And this fixation on uh, healthy lifestyle behaviors together with the quite artificial body ideal um, often make those problematic eating and restraint patterns go undetected. So we just like don't pick up the, the gravity of uh, those behaviors just because we assume that this is something that is enforced by society and this is something that we want uh, to be in our lives. What about some of the hormon hormonal changes uh, that, that men can experience? I mean, we all know the term midlife crisis, right? This is this uh, sudden lifestyle changes that are often associated with a depressive period due to the realization that a large proportion of life has been lived. And the classical example here is the middle-aged man in the Porsche. And although this term is still quite popular in the cultural perception, this is not a recognized concept in the scientific community, right? So nevertheless, especially regarding older men starting to shape their bodies, losing weight and so on, I personally think that there could be more to it. And we showed that this possible decline in testosterone levels, and I have to add that in our study, we did not directly measure those testosterone levels. So we only um, used this HML symptom scale that shows this direct link to decreased testosterone levels. So we showed that this loss of testosterone is associated with disordered eating. Now, of course, there's like dietary patterns that are known to affect the body composition. It is known that obesity, for example, strongly correlates with low testosterone levels. And the low levels of testosterone are associated with depression. And this all happens at this age range where we just, uh, find those uh, hormonal changes, this loss or this decrease in testosterone with increasing age. And I mean, there's also studies showing that testosterone and sex hormones in general do affect also appetite and hunger signaling of the brain, which means this is happening in both males and females. So I think that there is a connection between like hormone levels, sex hormone levels in males and females. And this, of course, this might have a direct link then also to uh, pathological eating behaviors. And therefore, yeah, I think it's important to also like more or less decipher this uh, link between those variables. Walk us through your conclusion and what you feel needs to happen next. Well, I think the numbers speak for themselves. Middle age constitutes a window where eating disorders do occur quite frequently. We see this both in women and in men. The numbers are not too different, but what is different is the strategies they use to control their weight. And due to this apparent fitness trend, that we have in society currently, um, eating disorders in males might go undetected. So what we do need is, on one hand, more awareness that eating disorders can occur at any age in both sexes. Both women and men can be affected, young versus old. And we need this awareness both in the public to get rid of the stigma of like having an eating disorder or having like a weight concern problems. But we also need this awareness on a specialist level. So, I mean, it's like, it doesn't help if like the public is informed that eating disorders do occur, but specialists will not determine if you do have a risk for an eating disorder. Therefore, of course, also like if you go to a urologist and you get your testosterone levels um, determined and it's found that you have a low level of testosterone, of course, it would be the best if then also like more or less you're informed that your eating behaviors might have an effect on that and that you might be at risk for developing an eating disorder. 
on the other hand, I think more research is needed to get a better overview on how the real numbers are, how uh, many people are really affected. And we see this again, if we increase the research, the more research is performed, the higher the numbers get and the better the view is on different age groups. And um, based on this, we then, of course, have to optimize the treatment offers for the affected individuals and optimize the system so that all affected people can more or less um, get the treatment they need. What were you hopeful for after the article was published? With this article, we could put our research in the context of the recent eating disorder literature. And as a focused review, what this article is, this gave us the opportunity to highlight these links to excessive sports and hormonal imbalances. And hopefully, this will be a starting point for new research that exactly investigates this causality between those two and helps us understand what really happens um, when the hormones decline. I'd imagine it's, it is something family doctors or general practitioners need to be aware of. Yes, definitely. I mean, this is, this is what I meant. Awareness have to be there at, at all stages. It doesn't help if, if uh, we are aware that uh, society has a problem, but nothing is done against it. So yes, practitioners have to be aware. This has to be standard uh, routine diagno diagnostics that are performed to also um, see how eating patterns are and if a person is at risk of developing some kind of an eating disorder. Let me hear there has been a public campaign around the menopause. So it, it would make sense, I think, if we addressed some concerns for men as well. Yes. So the problem here is that uh, menopause is like a or it's not a problem, but the point is that menopause is a quite clear part of women's life. And there is like this drastic reduction of uh, hormone levels. And this is quite clear to correlate this to those behaviors. In men, due to the fact that there is no routine, there, people are not routinely um, tested for low testosterone levels, this makes it difficult to, de to determine if a person has this low testosterone. And as this is can more or less decrease over 10 years, it's quite hard to find more or less this specific cutoff point where you say there is an occurrence of low testosterone and this might then be re related to other factors. So the fact that some people call it andropause, I mean, suggests that this should be a parallel that is also communicated, that also males have these uh, hormonal differences and hormonal changes. And yes, I think this is something that definitely should be taken into account. Aging males are also affected by eating disorders. And as far as the numbers tell us, uh, it's not that different from females. Is there anything else you wish to add or maybe we didn't touch on? I think we have covered a lot today. Thank you very much again for having me. And I will definitely update you if you have like any new results that might be worth talking about. Thank you very much, Kai. Thank you for tuning into this episode can find a link to Kai's research in the episode notes.